Hello and welcome back to We Built This Life. My name is Jennifer Walker. I'm a freelance writer and this is the podcast where I generally have talked to entrepreneurs and people who have their own businesses about how they built their working lives from the ground up. I am still very, very interested in these stories and I want to bring some of them back to you. But for today, I'm going to go off course and talk a bit about health, specifically my experience seeing a naturopathic doctor. Thank you so much for being here today and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, my name is Jennifer Walker. I'm so glad you're here today. It's been a while since I've released a podcast episode and I'm very excited to be back behind the mic talking to you about my experience with naturopathic medicine. I'm stretching the name and the theme of this podcast a little bit with this episode, but when I think of We Built This Life, the lives we are building, health is or should be a big part of that. And I really wanted to make this episode because before I went to see a naturopathic doctor, I was looking for an episode just like this. I wanted to find a YouTube video or a podcast in which someone talked about their experience with naturopathic care. Naturopathic doctors aren't covered by insurance, at least to my knowledge and in my experience. So this kind of care is an expense and I felt like I wanted to know more about the process and what kind of advice people were getting before I actually committed to it. And I I couldn't find anything online about other people's experience with naturopathic doctors. And my only frame of reference is, or was, the yearly appointments with my primary care doctor, which lasts about half an hour. I always thought that was a long time. And I kind of couldn't see past that model. I didn't have a clear blueprint in my mind of how naturopathic care would be different. So because I couldn't find much out there about other people's experiences, I wanted to put out this episode to give anyone who is interested an idea of what one person experienced with naturopathic care. That doesn't mean your experience will be the same. Your reason for going probably isn't the same. And every ND, I'm going to start referring to naturopathic doctors as ND throughout this episode from here on out. Each one is different. So please just take this as an example and nothing more. If you want to learn more about naturopathic doctors in more detail, I'm going to link to an explanation of what an ND does that comes from the American Association of Naturopathic Physicians. But just for some brief background, NDs go to an accredited naturopathic medical college, a four-year college. There are a handful of these in the United States, and they can diagnose, prevent, and treat acute and chronic illnesses. That's taken directly from their website. And they're also focused on helping patients achieve their best health by tapping into the body's natural healing processes. They draw on therapies like clinical nutrition, botanical medicines, homeopathy, and acupuncture. So today, what I'm going to talk about in more detail is why I chose to see an ND. Just briefly, I've been diagnosed with Grover's disease and eczema or atopic dermatitis in the last few years. They're all skin conditions that don't have a clear treatment. And while they aren't life-threatening, they are quality of life affecting. So I'll get more into that. I'm also gonna talk about what the process has been like with my ND, how the appointments are structured, the testing she recommended, the advice I got, the treatment plan I got uh, when all the testing came in. I first got in touch with my ND in August of 2021, and I just had my review of findings appointment, which is when she pulls everything together from all the testing, the health history turned in, the physical she performed. I just had that on January 19th. So it's a long process. The appointments are longer too. There are more of them than you might be used to. And there's an investigative feel to this whole process, which is kind of fun. You know, as I mentioned, my ND is pulling information together from all of these different sources to try to help me figure out why I'm having the skin issues that I'm having. 
So just the usual disclaimer, which I've kind of already mentioned, but this is my experience with the ND that I chose. Yours might be very different in terms of that cost and how your ND works and what the process is like, but I'm hoping this will just give you an idea of what to expect and will help you decide if care through an ND is something you might want to pursue. Thank you so much for being here today. And now let's get into this week's episode about my experience with a naturopathic doctor. Okay, so as I mentioned, I first went to an ND for skin issues. I first noticed a rash on my upper body, which looked like kind of like circular bumps clustered together at the end of 2019. I thought at the time that they were pretty itchy, I would later experience much more intense itch. But at the time, I thought they were pretty itchy and they didn't look great. They were clustered on my stomach and my chest and under my arms and on my arms sometimes, but they were pretty well hidden. So that was good. I still went to a dermatologist and had a biopsy done because I I never had a rash like this before. I didn't know why it sprouted up. I didn't know if there could be an internal problem. I, I just needed more information. So my dermatologist took a biopsy. I ended up being diagnosed with Grover's disease. I had never heard of Grover's disease. You most likely have not either because it's very rare. What my dermatologist told me is that researchers or experts, I guess, they think that the rash occurs because of heat or the way the body processes heat, but no one really knows a lot about it. No one really knows the cause of it. The treatment for it seems to be different. Different things work for different people. At the time, my dermatologist prescribed a a steroid medication of some kind to help with the itch. The itch was uncomfortable and not knowing anything about why I had suddenly come down with the condition was hard, But as I mentioned, the rash was mainly located on an area that people couldn't see. So that made things a little bit easier and it did go away by summer 2020. Then around May of 2021, I started noticing that my legs were itchy this time and under my arms again. I would be at the playground with my kids and my legs would suddenly become uncontrollably itchy. And my first thought, and my thought for quite a while, was that my Grover's disease was coming back. There wasn't a rash at first, but eventually, as it got warmer outside, my legs did erupt in a much nastier rash this time. There were clusters of red bumps again. They were on a large part of my body, from from ankle to knee, on the inside of my legs, on the backs of my knees, behind my legs, on the side of my legs. They were under my arms again, as I mentioned. The itch was unbearable, like so much worse than the last time I got diagnosed with Grover's disease. I can't even explain what it feels like to itch and to not be able to make it go away. (laughs) Just imagine an itch that you can't scratch on a large part of your body. That's what it feels like. I felt like I would fight all day not to scratch, and then when I did scratch, my skin would bleed and it would flake off. Like, this is gross. So skip ahead about 60 seconds if you get queasy about medical things, but my skin would, would literally fall off around me. I would scratch and I could see it you know, falling off and hitting the ground, kind of like dandruff, just these flakes of skin raining down. And I would try to hide it from my family. I was really embarrassed about it. I would sweep or vacuum right after I scratched. So whatever this was, I thought it was Grover's disease was in a very visible place on my body. Of course, over the summer, you're wearing bathing suits. I couldn't hide the rash all the time. So it affected how I felt about myself. The itch was especially hard to take. I would spend like all evening after my kids went to bed, just trying different creams, sitting in oatmeal baths. I tried hot water. I tried cold water using tea bags, anything to get the itch to stop. And most of the time, nothing helped. And I had trouble sleeping. I would wake up in the middle of the night to scratch. So this thing that I had that was quality of life affecting, I was 
pretty miserable for a good part of the summer because of it. There were several nights where I would just sit on the bathroom floor and just cry because the rash looked so bad, it felt so bad. I didn't know why I got it. I didn't know how to get rid of it. And I just, it felt kind of hopeless, I guess. So this whole time, as I mentioned, I thought I had Grover's disease again, but in November, 2021, my dermatologist took another biopsy. And this time I was diagnosed with eczema or atopic dermatitis. And to be honest, I was kind of relieved about that because eczema is just much more common. There's a lot more information out there about treating it. And I thought that would be a good thing. But the prescription I got from my dermatologist for treating the eczema was the stain, a steroid cream to control the itch, but no real advice or recommendations to help me figure out what was called causing this. And that does seem to be normal with eczema. There's no clear treatment for it. There's no clear way to figure out what's causing it. It takes a lot of investigative work. But I was still frustrated by that. I will say that I really like my dermatologist for skin checks. I go in every year for an annual check ever since I had basal cell carcinoma on the top of my head, which is like a benign form of skin cancer that lots of people get. I was diagnosed with that seven years ago. And so I go in for these checks. I think my dermatologist is really good for those, but I was frustrated with the treatment plan for eczema and Grover's disease. I mean, the steroid cream thing just felt like a Band-Aid approach to me. Like I'm gonna use the steroid cream and maybe it's gonna help with my itch, but then what? I just wait it out until this thing goes away. And I did try the steroid cream twice, but to me, ice packs worked better for the itch anyway. But I was feeling sort of deflated with the treatment for my dermatologist. And I just kept thinking, I can't go on like this and just wait it out. I just can't do it. I have to do something. So I've written a story about Endies in Maryland several years ago when I still did more consumer writing work and I had always been intrigued with what they do. And so I decided to see if an ND could help me figure out how to heal this eczema. I looked online, I read reviews, I talked to my husband about it. I found an ND that I wanted to get in touch with and maybe work with and I made my first appointment. Okay, so now I want to talk about what the process was like with my ND, what the appointment structure looked like. So the way it worked with the ND that I chose is that she likes to schedule an introductory appointment with her potential new patients. So I scheduled this introductory appointment in early August, I think for September 10th, which was the earliest time available. We talked for two hours during this appointment. I remember telling her I had to go to school pickup and I only had a little bit of time left and being surprised that I had to tell her that because I never experienced a medical appointment that went on for so long. So in that appointment, she told me about her practice. I told her about some of my skin issues. I was eating a lot of sugar at the time, like a lot of sugar. (laughs) I don't even want to tell you how much sugar I was eating. We had just come off the worst of the pandemic and I used sugar to soothe. I've always used, used sugar to soothe. And when I say sugar, I mean things like candy, cookies, sweets. I would just kind of eat it all throughout the day. And I always have really intense cravings. I couldn't be around anything sweet without having intense cravings like I had to have it. So she immediately told me during this session to, to cut back on the sugar, to try to get off of the sugar, that that might be the cause of some of my skin issues. And so I did that. I cut out the low-hanging fruit, which she would call it, which is, which is the candy and the desserts. I've never really paid as much attention to added sugar in things, but I, I did cut out the obviously sweet things. I thought it would be really hard, and at times it was, but paying a lot of money for care once I had decided to sign up for a package and, and really wanting to get in rid of the eczema were great motivators, and I ended up breaking these intense, intense cravings. That was before I even had my first appointment with her, and that was probably the biggest 
change or breakthrough I've made during my time of working with her. And from there, obviously, I did end up choosing to work with her. So from there, before I had my first official appointment, I had to fill out extensive patient forms. There was a health history, a pretty long health history, which asked about every ailment I have ever been diagnosed with since birth, every medication I've taken. Of course, you remember what you can, right? Nobody remembers everything they were diagnosed with when they were kids and the medications are even harder to remember but I found that I could remember patterns like I had been diagnosed with strep throat a lot as a kid that I could write down I had taken this medication for acne that really sticks out in my mind that I could write down so I just kind of thought about for a while and just wrote down what I could remember And then the health history also went through each system in the body and asked if you experienced a range of of symptoms within that system. So there were like three choices, past, currently, or never. You'd color them in like little bubbles that you would color in. So for the ears, for example, they would ask if you experienced ringing, earaches, dizziness, or impartial hearing. And then you would answer never, past, or present. I actually do have ringing in my ears, so that's something I've been talking with her about, even though that is not what initially brought me to her. So that was kind of a nice aspect of the health history. It got me to think about other symptoms I might be experiencing so that we could talk about them too, even though the skin issues were very clearly the reason I was going to see her. So I filled out the long health history. There was another paper that was sort of similar to that that went through these systems of the of the body and you just filled in different answers. That was pretty easy to fill out. And then I had to fill out a food diary. That was the hardest part. So for six days, I had to write down everything I ate, how much water I drank, when I ate and drank, and when I went to the bathroom. It was very extensive. It's not that much fun to write down food diaries. It really isn't. It really kind of sucks to write down everything you eat, but I recognized it as part of the process, so I did it. And then I had to sign some release forms that the ND's office submitted to my other doctor's offices so they could get all of my patient records. So I submitted these forms for my primary care, my OBGYN and my dermatologist, and those doctor's offices sent my records to my ND. So all of that took a month or more to gather, and I had my first official appointment with my ND in about mid-October. I actually had two appointments in October, mid to late October. So the first session was a review of my health history, and we also talked about my goals and expectations that maybe took about two hours, and it was a virtual appointment. And then for my next session, I went into her office for a physical. That probably took two to three hours. It's the only time I have been to her office in person. The office is really nice. There was a diffuser burning. Someone offered me a selection of teas that I could choose from. There was supplements and essential oils and more books were kind of displayed on shelves on the wall that were all for sale. So there was a lot to look through and a lot to see. It was very calming. My ND did my physical and then she had me sit at her desk and she recommended some additional tests that I could take in addition to the the results from my blood work that my primary care office had already sent over. So like the blood work from my annual physical, my ND relied on a lot. And then she suggested these additional tests. So I chose to do three of the four tests that she recommended. I'll explain what they are in a minute, but I purchased the testing kits from her office that same day I was there for the physical. They gave me a slip of paper that told me what hospital to go to. I think there were two choices of hospitals to go to to have my blood drawn. And the results took about three to four weeks to come in. And once the results were in, I had my review of findings appointment, which is where she gave lots of recommendations to help with not only my eczema, but my health in general. So, uh, so let me tell you about these tests. 
As I mentioned, I, I chose to do three of them. The first was called Cyrex Array 2, or an intestinal antigenic permeability screen. This test measures intestinal permeability, you know, which is also known as whether a person has a condition called leaky gut. So I had to look this up, but the intestinal wall lets in water and nutrients to go to the bloodstream and then to the organs, and it keeps other things out. But with leaky gut, bacteria and toxins start to get through or leak through the intestinal wall. And this can cause inflammation in the immune system to trigger some kind of reaction. I'm not sure if mainstream medicine recognizes leaky gut as an official condition, but with my body having this reaction, this rash that I'd never had before, this seemed like a relevant test to get done. So I did this one. I think this one cost a couple hundred dollars. And then I also did a test called the Cyrex Array 10 or multiple food immune reactivity screening. This is basically a test that tells you whether you're reactive to certain foods, right? It's done on kind of a red, yellow, and green scale. If you get a green score, then that means that you're in range for that particular food. If you get a red score, it means you might be reactive to a particular food. And of course, yellow's in the middle. The test results when I got them back were about 7.5 pages long, and they cover foods in all categories, meat, seafood, dairy, nuts, beans, fruits and vegetables, even spices and herbs. It said that I was reactive to nutmeg, which was kind of surprising. And sometimes the test would even specify a difference between raw and cooked food. So I'll get into my results a bit in a minute, but for example, my test showed that I'm highly reactive to roasted almonds and many nuts actually, but raw almonds are okay. So I think there are similar food allergy or reactivity tests that you can do at home. And I think they might involve like a finger prick and placing blood samples on a card and sending that in. I've heard that these aren't as accurate as getting blood drawn in the lab and getting your results that way, but it's not something I've extensively researched or looked into. I'm just kind of throwing it out there as something you might want to research on your own. This test I had done was the most expensive. I think it cost around $550. Then the third test I did was called SpectraCell. It was a micronutrient test panel. I'm not sure this one would have a lot to do with helping me with the eczema as the other two tests did, but I just thought it sounded interesting and I was already there. And so I thought, eh, I'm just, I'm just going to try it. This test looks at 31 vitamins, minerals, amino fatty acids, antioxidants, and metabolites, and how they affect cellular dysfunction in a person. That's their description. And the final test result it's, it's a pretty long kind of booklet that, that you get back with your test results. And they tell you where you have functional deficiencies and they give you suggestions for supplementation or foods that you can eat to address those gaps. So for me, biotin, copper, vitamin E were things I was functionally deficient in. And I had some borderline deficiencies too, including vitamin C. So my a naturopathic doctor made a recommendation based on, on this test result. So that was the investigative portion of my naturopathic care. And now I wanna get into my review of findings appointment. Okay, and now for the fun part, the review of findings appointment, which I had in mid-January of 2022. I'm actually re-recording this on a different day in a different part of my house. So if it sounds a little bit different, you know, that's why. This appointment was three hours long, maybe even slightly longer. I think we both had to go at one point. It might have been like three hours and 15 minutes. And I would say that this appointment encompassed kind of three main recommendations. My ND drew a bunch of recommendations based on my blood work that I submitted from my primary care doctor. And there were supplement recommendations, I would say mostly based on the testing I had done through her, as well as my blood work, I guess. 
And then there was a diet that she recommended. And I would put that in quotes. It's not a diet to lose weight. It's sort of more of an investigative kind of diet to see if there are foods that my body might be sensitive to and if that's causing this reaction on my skin. Okay, so the first thing was all of the information I got based on my blood work from my primary care doctor. So I got a, a report back with a list of kind of all of the, uh, all of the things that you would see on, on a regular blood work report from any physician you go to, I guess. There was you know, glucose, potassium, chloride, protein, a big list. And my ND had marked each thing as green, yellow, or red depending on whether I was in range or sort of borderline or out of range. And then from this, my ND found patterns and provided more information about those patterns. So for example, my report had a section about deficiencies in folate and B12 and what that means. And then there were diet and lifestyle recommendations to address this deficiency. So in this case, the report said to increase foods that are high in vitamin B12, like liver, tuna, apples, asparagus, bananas. There's a whole list. And then there are several food charts that show what percentage of your daily value of B12 each food provides. So it's a really extensive report. My report had the same sections again for adrenal health and vitamin D balance. It's all a lot to take in. My first reaction was, I don't know if I personally will get the best use out of these food charts and these food recommendations. It just seems like a lot of work. But as I've been thinking about it, I think what maybe I'll try to do is look at some of the foods that are recommended for each deficiency and maybe try to incorporate one or two of them. For example, I've been trying to get asparagus every week, trying to eat maybe a few more bananas, just trying to be kind of casual about it while also making the effort to get some of these foods in, into my diet. Okay, and then my ND went through each of the tests that I had done with her, the ones that I mentioned, and then gave me some recommendations based on that. The standard recommendations I feel like that would help anybody, and she has been telling me this since the first time I talked to her, are to get seven to eight hours of sleep a night and drink half your body weight in water each day. So pretty standard device, but so, so hard to do. The sleep thing, I think I struggle with the most. Whatever that phenomenon is called where parents stay up all night because it's when they have their free time and they can't go to sleep, I have that. It's a big challenge for me to go to sleep earlier, but I'm working on it. I have a planner, like a daily planner, and I try to just at least keep track of how much sleep I'm getting, and I draw little circles for how much water I'm drinking, and these are constant goals that I'm trying to meet and, and often failing, but I'm working on it. And then from there, my ND also recommended several supplements for me to take. She provided the ingredients that were in each. She checked them to make sure they would work for me. So for me, she recommended a probiotic, which I think was in response to the Cyrix 2 test I took, the intestinal permeability test. What that test showed is that I'm pretty much in range for every, I don't know what you call it, every, every section that they were monitoring, except I had one section that was borderline, and I think this probiotic is supposed to help with that. She recommended a vitamin D supplement and codfish oil, which I am trying out. I've never taken them before. She also recommended uh, sulfur, which is a homeopathic, which I was to take for two days in various doses. And I think that is supposed to help with skin issues. And then she also recommended a multivitamin and mineral supplement, which I have not purchased yet. Multivitamins are tough. I always feel a little bit 
guilty taking a multivitamin that's that's a little bit more expensive because I'm in a family of five, right? And why should I be the only one taking a multivitamin? Everybody could probably benefit from, from that. So I've kind of held off on it and have been thinking about it. And the first multivitamin she recommended, I it was, I think it cost $72 for like a month supply. And that was more than I wanted to pay. So I went back and I asked if she had a different recommendation that was maybe a little bit less expensive. And she did provide me with one. And now I'm thinking I might try it. And here's why. Because of the third piece of advice she gave me, which is this elimination diet that she recommended. So I feel like I need to preface this by saying that this isn't a diet to lose weight. The idea is you eliminate foods that people are commonly sensitive to for a period of time. In my case, she recommended six to eight weeks. And then you reintroduce them for like five days at a time, you eat a lot of the food, and then you see if you have a reaction. In my case, I would be looking for some sort of skin reaction, itchiness, that kind of thing. I think this is a really common thing for people to do with eczema. There's actually a book I have called The Eczema Diet. I think it was written by Karen Fisher, but I would have to check that. But it's it's sort of the same thing. She recommends cutting out so many foods and then reintroducing them to see if your body reacts. But the tough thing here is that there are just so many things to eliminate at once because I had this testing done, this multiple food immune reactivity screen. I have a good place to start and I can see all the foods that I could potentially be reacting to and it's a lot. So on my test, I could potentially have high reactivity to soy, beans, all the good nuts, almonds, cashews, pistachios, peanuts, peas, like pea powder, if you eat like a largely plant-based diet, which I do, peas are in a lot of things, spinach, chocolate and cocoa, vanilla, wine. I think there were even more things than that. Scallops, it was a really big list. And this is on top of, I already have pretty much eliminated dairy and sweets. So I kind of took a week and a half to wrap my head around this because this was pretty much taking out all of my protein sources. I don't eat eggs. And if you take away soybeans, nuts, dairy, even peas, I just didn't feel like I was left with very much. So I really had to wrap my head around this. And I think what I've decided is to focus on what feels to me like the big food groups that people often have sensitivities to. So I'll continue with dairy. I'm gonna try nuts because at this point, when I got these test results back, I probably was 90% nut. I was eating a lot of nuts, a big thing of almonds every week, a big thing of almond butter every week. So I, I will try that and the peanuts as well. And then I'm gonna try to eliminate the soy and the chocolate and the cocoa. So those would be my main groups, soy, dairy, all the nuts, except for walnuts and pecans, which apparently are supposed to be okay, and chocolate and cocoa. I'm gonna eliminate them for the six to eight weeks and I'm gonna see if I have a reaction when I reintroduce them one at a time. And I know that this sounds very strict and it is very hard. Like my husband used to bring home sushi on Tuesdays after my daughter's soccer game, but who wants to eat sushi without the soy sauce, right? So now I don't eat it. How I'm trying to think about it is it's only for six to eight weeks. And then I get to reintroduce all these things. Hopefully I don't have a reaction and then my diet opens up again. Maybe actually I do wanna have a reaction to something because then maybe I'll know what's been causing the eczema all this time. But my feeling is if this can help before the summer comes again and prevent this itchy rash from coming back, then I think it's worth it. So that was the last piece of advice I got from my naturopathic doctor. So where am I now? And what do I think about naturopathic medicine? I'll just do a little conclusion here. 
I will say that my skin is much better. It's more like scarred than an active rash. It is less itchy, much, much less itchy. I do still itch under my arms sometimes, but my legs are a lot better. And overall, it's bearable. My worry is that this is largely due to the change in weather. But but we'll see. We'll have to see once it gets warmer. I think I'm the only person who's probably completely dreading summer and hot weather because I just I don't know how my body's going to react to it. So I'm working on getting more sleep, working on getting drinking more water, taking the supplements she recommended. And I think I'm almost through a week of the food elimination diet. So yeah, I have two more follow-up appointments with my ND as part of my package. She wants me to do several more tests, a thyroid panel, a lipid panel, iron panel, celiac panel, and more. I don't know what the cost will be for these and if I'll do all of them, but that's the next thing that we're talking about. So this kind of care is expensive if you're used to going to primary care and having insurance cover a lot of it. So do I think this was worth it? Yes, absolutely for me. Actually, the silver lining of having eczema might be that I got to have a reason to pursue this naturopathic care. Because as I said in the beginning, I I wouldn't have paid for this if I was just curious or I felt tired or I I just wouldn't have done it. But because I had an, an active issue that was affecting my quality of life that I couldn't solve through my dermatologist, which is covered by insurance, I had a reason to seek out this care. And I think it ultimately will be good for my health. I found it to be really interesting. It's something I've been interested in for a long time. And I think even just getting off the amount of sugar I was eating, the amount of candy I was eating, I think has been a good thing. I don't like to talk about weight too much or focus on weight too much, but it's it's interesting. There's this book called The Year of No Sugar, where the author gives up added sugar, all sugar for a year. I think with her family, she does it. And I think each person has one food item they can pick that's like an exception for them. But they're giving it up for a year and she's writing about what happens. And in the foreword to the book, I can't remember who wrote it, but the man is talking about how he wanted to get healthier for his family. And he also decided to give up sugar. Go and read it because I might be remembering this incorrectly, but he had this sort of immediate reaction. He had dropped a lot of weight that he wasn't able to lose. And that is my experience as well. Getting the candy out of my system, and maybe it was because I was eating so much of it, but I sort of lost a good bit of weight. And it was pretty fast. And then I would say the other benefit was just not having the cravings. Before I gave up the sugar, I would not be able to stand next to anything sweet without physically feeling it in my body. I would, the cravings were so intense. My kids still have Halloween candy, good Halloween candy that they never would have had before I did this because I would have eaten it. So just not having the crave the cravings. After all, I mean, I have had sugar cravings since I was a kid. So that is like a little bit of a weight off my shoulders and just such a big improvement that even though I feel like I largely did that by myself, that alone is worth the cost of naturopathic care for me. And then also this just makes me feel like I'm doing something, like I'm doing something active to try to address this issue I'm having instead of just waiting for it to go away and putting a cream on it to help with the itch and hoping that that helps with the symptoms. So yes, 100%, this has been worth it for me. So from here, I think I'm going to do another episode at one point about maybe the top 10 things I've learned about eczema and Grover's disease. I feel like I have a lot to say about it, just what kind of resources are out there. 
even what kind of clothing to wear, what kind of creams I've been using. There's just so much in my head that I've learned over these past few months that I want to share and that I think maybe could be helpful. Obviously, that episode will be very specifically geared to where people dealing with these skin issues. So, you know, I don't know that it will have wide appeal, but I think I'm still going to do it eventually. And then hopefully some interview episodes with small business owners and entrepreneurs will be coming soon. I really want to get back to those because I love hearing stories about how people built their working lives and their businesses. I'm just fascinated by that. So thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to listen to this episode. I'm so happy whenever anyone chooses to do that. I hope you have an amazing day and I'll be back soon. Thank you for listening today to We Built This Life. If you enjoyed the show or if you have constructive feedback, I would love it if you would leave a review on your favorite podcast player. You can also come say hi on Instagram. I'm at We Built This Life. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please get in touch. I would love to hear from you. Have an amazing day and I'll see you soon.